also i think saying the word clap is quote-unquote too long to line it up nicely i know i know <laughs> i was just being silly i think next time we should all say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious instead Perfect. yeah <laughs> sounds practical i can definitely say that on command and i don't have to practice I no. can say it in German, but in English, I've got to practice. Really? See, see, the funny <laughs> thing is we were talking about this the other day, and then somebody redeemed the make FG speak German, and they want me to say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And I've never watched Mary Poppins in German, so I'm like, uh. Like, yeah. at least somebody had just posted it in chat, and I was like, okay, I'm going to read this off, because I've never watched it in German, so I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, It's been a very long time since i've watched movies in german deliberately probably Same. since i was like 14 and they started showing movies in english at the cinema ish yeah yeah uh, it's been a long you time. make it sound like since then though you have watched multiple movies accidentally in german i mean it does happen if i'm at like my mom's place and she's got the tv on because mm. everything is dubbed in german same with my in-laws uh, of course yeah yeah. And it's just if horrible. It, <laughs> it is, yeah. Though, though, to be fair, what's even worse is just like regular TV and ads. It's like, this but is, I like ads. I've no, no. I hate it. I hate watching. I love Media Shop. It's so wrong. It's perfect. Like so. What fake. is Media Shop? Yeah. Okay. It's it's a channel where where they just sell you things all the time. You know. There's this oh, super amazing pan. Mm. Yes. And if if you call now and you order it, then you get this extra. I love it. Are you, are you're fun. an infomercial yeah, enjoyer, Kiri. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I've never wow. bought anything, but it is so fun. I love, <laughs> I, love, I love watching. I haven't done this in years, but like it's you when you go out with your mates and you come home at like three o'clock at night, that's like the perfect time to watch infomercials. Like where you're just like winding down, coming coming uh, home okay. from a night out. That that that's they they because they have they they're even wackier and they have like they have like these inter in, infomercials, but then also interspersed with like weird call shows where people can call in and it's yeah just really wacky and oh weird God. and yes. it's just like <laughs> oh god it's so entertaining. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. I think. The the only time that I've actually gone out of my way to watch infomercials is when I know it's a really silly one that has been uploaded to um, YouTube or something like that, like the the Sham Wow and the like the Slap Chop ones, and they're just like yeah. completely like absurd and ridiculous. <laughs> I love I love the fake acting in it as well. Do you mm -hmm. also struggle with opening tins and then they just exactly. <laughs> And and then they That's have so like the black and white reenactments of like people failing to open milk cartons yes. or open cupboards yeah. or sit down or something like that. So, it's well, so we good. have the answer for you. <laughs> and then I look at um, it and go like, "Huh, I never knew this was a problem." <laughs> yeah, that is apparently true. It is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I but mean, you know what is definitely definitely not an infomercial is uh, today's episode of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast which is episode 72. We're recording this on the 1st of June, pre-Diablo 4 Early Access release, but uh, it'll, be it'll obviously be coming out post 
uh, Diablo 4 early access uh, release. So we will, we will hopefully the the post Diablo 4 early access release times find you well. Uh, I am FG squared. I'm hosting this one. It's one of those early morning episodes again for uh, Kiri and me, who is here with me, and an evening episode for Bloody Drongo. How are you doing today, Kiri? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Can't complain. I am so hyped for Diablo. And and I'm gonna start in less than a day, actually. Oh, I'm Friday. so excited for you. Ooh. That's awesome. Yeah. And Drongo, how are you today? I'm doing really good. I've I've just come off of the back of a pretty intense period um, of doing like lots of quite high effort streams. And so I've been winding down from that and uh, you know, I've been doing some hobby stuff and yeah, I'm just enjoying enjoying life again. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really yeah. good. Yeah, you streamed like what twelve days in a row or something like that with like one day off or something, right? Uh, I did nine like nine days of streams uh, with one day off. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah, was gonna wow. stream ten days, but then I don't know how people do that frequent streams because my voice was just starting to you know actually get quite sore after doing that many days of concurrent streams. Mm. Yeah, gotcha, 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 gotcha. But yeah, I don't know, like, gotta give it to the Twitch Australia and New Zealand team. They're just amazing, like, Subfest and Bitfest just every mm -hmm. year. I just, they're so amazing. I, oh, God, can they just take over Twitch, please? Can you, like, tell them <laughs> to do that? Because that would be That'd amazing. Be yeah. Yeah, honestly, I, like, they, we've, we've got a really great team down here that look after us and, um, you know, for all of the stuff that we miss out on and for Europe and North America, we do actually get, you know, some upsides and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, you can tell like those are still people that are really passionate about their creators and like mm -hmm. they're trying to push them and all that sort of stuff. hundred percent. Uh, and they, and they, they're not afraid to like p pull in new people into their events. They don't just go to like. You know, they don't have their 20 set streamers that they go to. They're like, oh, yeah, I know you, 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 you. We're just going to do it with you. They just open it up and they pull in new people and it's it's great. Yeah, I think that is one of the really good things is that they do have some programs that open it up for a few different things. And um, they do also have a few more other interesting uh, local um, programs that they're working on as well behind the scenes at the moment. So it's... Um, yeah, there's a lot of really exciting stuff here, and I can only hope that it serves as a kind of like proof of concept of running Twitch kind of in a, you know, in a really kind of personalized way that isn't, you know, that is actually, you know, scalable and workable for the rest of the platform. And maybe in the future, things will go in the right direction a bit more than where they've been lately. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Hashtag the dream. <laughs> the dream. <laughs> the dream, yeah. I guess it works because there aren't that many streamers in that region compared to everywhere else, really. So there's a mm -hmm. team and they can actually focus on doing something with streamers there. Probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, there are only Probably, like 12 yeah. of us down here in Australia and at least, you know, maybe half a dozen <laughs> over in New Zealand. So really, it's not much to look after. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're um, all the same person, right? Pretty much, Anyways, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I've realized, yeah. I think it's For really sure. great. You've got a team that does that. Because mm -hmm. yeah. your streams have been amazing, Drago. I love the Bob Ross one specifically. That was Yeah, a... though... Please go ahead. 
that, that was a lot of fun and I, it is it is a nice thing as well like having those kind of structured events kinds of gives a little bit of a, a formality and a little bit of kind of like you know this is a legit thing for people to be you know properly excited about because i feel like if i just said to people you know i'm just going to do 10 days of you know really different streams and stuff like that there would be people who'd be excited about it but i don't think it would be like the same I don't know. I don't think it'd be the same vibe. So having that structure there and then having that as a leapfrog into kind of creating like different content and trying to, you know, push myself to come up with new ideas and new formats for things is just a really nice way to do it. Like doing the cooking streams and the art streams and stuff like that was um, all stuff that is pretty, you know, you know, in some way or another unfamiliar to me, but it was a really good kind of, you know, challenge. Yeah. Nice. I remember they, they, they tried to bring this to the UK. They've done it like twice, but like it's so weird because it feels so fishy because we don't have any overlays or trackers or anything like that. Oh. So like the first time was like halfway secret and I got some stuff from that. But like the second time around, like, I don't know, they, they did it, but there was just, there's just no overlays, no nothing, no tracks. So it's really hard to like, get people on board with it so hopefully mm. hopefully the australia team comes around and be like no you have to do it like this and then you know slap them in the face with the with the glove and be like well, no you just give them these resources blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the, the duck team so the german-speaking region did that for just germany last year and they had trackers but it was exclusively hmm. german partners ah uh, bummer yeah huh. that sucks yeah that's uh that's a definitely a shame yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully, maybe, maybe they'll refine it for I don't know this year or next year, and and stuff gets I don't know, may, maybe updated and easier, and everybody can participate or something. Yeah. I wonder if it has to do with them having to like send out bits and stuff like that, and then different like competition rules guidelines. I don't know. I imagine that would be a huge uh, element of complexity in actually organizing mm. something like that. You know, the different you know laws and stuff in terms of like. Yeah. I guess even like the the data collection aspect of stuff. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's probably more complex than we realize actually getting it probably, organized. But yeah. at the same time, like I think um, it is worth pointing out that it is a really kind of lucrative thing for Twitch to do from the perspective that, you know, they obviously get a cut of, you know, all of the subs yep. and bits that get spent on the platform. And these events, you know, I think typically speaking to other partners and, you know, myself, knowing how, how that kind of impacts the financial performance um, of my channel, it, it can be anywhere from like a 50 to 100% increase in overall revenue for that month in what are usually mm. fairly quiet periods. So it, it definitely does have a, you know, a direct impact on the, on the platform. So I think if Twitch figures it out... Um, as well as being like a nice thing to do, it makes them more money. So and makes us more money. So it's like win, 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 right? Yeah, exactly, Definitely. exactly. Yep. But you know what's not a win? Some of the games that we're going to talking going to be talking about in uh, in the next segment. We'll be right <laughs> back just after this uh, short musical interlude. Stick around. This is the Halcyon Frequency Podcast, episode seventy two. We'll be right back with you. Uh, 
welcome back to episode 72 of the Halcyon Frequency podcast. I'm still FG. With me here are Kiri and Drongo. So Australia and Austria represent. Um, <laughs> but uh, because I teased it already in the last segment, um, I'm going to give it give the baton to Drongo and ask him to tell us about his um, <clears throat> delightful experience with uh, the Lord of the Rings Gollum game. <laughs> tell us mm. more. Yeah, I feel like there was a bit of heavy foreshadowing there when you opened the segue with uh, talking about something that's not a win-win-win. Yeah, Lord of the Rings Gollum. (laughs) It is unfortunately not a win, (laughs) which is a massive shame because I was quietly optimistic that maybe this isn't a title that would appeal to a lot of people, but for somebody like myself who is very much heavily invested into the, you know, Lord of the Rings lore and the universe overall, and, um, you know, I, I, I personally think that it was kind of like a pretty uh, brave and refreshing angle to take of investigating the the character of Gollum, who is you're actually fairly complex from a narrative standpoint and but you never really get to see that and he never becomes like a focal point of that um you know that that complex side of him and the internal Mm. struggle between Smeagol and Gollum and I was hoping that maybe that would come together into something that at least for you know hardcore fans of the genre would be quite enjoyable and unfortunately it just is not good um there are a few a few like high points um that i will mention just so it's not all negative um the the musical scoring is absolutely gorgeous and really they i think they nailed it absolutely nailed the overall vibe and the art style that they use in some of the cutscenes, which is like a hand-drawn sort of scrawled style i think stylistically is really really nice and i think it's actually a massive shame that it doesn't feature more heavily throughout the game and kind of tie it all together that said the rest of the game is just a bit of a mess like a lot of people i've heard comment saying that the voice acting is really really bad and I don't think I actually agree with that. I don't think the voice acting is really bad. I think the voice acting is okay. Uh, but the reason why people think it's bad is because the audio is mixed really, really badly. And it always sounds mm. kind of semi out of place in wherever it is, which makes people go, oh, that's bad voice acting because it doesn't sound right. But it's not actually the voice acting that's bad. It's actually the audio mixing and like the sound engineer aspect of actually putting it and making it fit within the environment within the game that's not great. Um, then the camera and the movement is just not good. It, it, it honestly, like I don't have like simulation sickness or anything like that. I don't typically have a lot of issues with that sort of thing but the camera is like super jumpy super sensitive and does a lot of unexpected movement and there's quite a lot of frequent freezes that will spin the camera around and do all kinds of things and after playing for a couple of hours i was definitely starting to feel a bit motion sick and the story is just not compelling i mean i think there maybe could be a a, an okay story admittedly i've only played a few hours of it that was all i could kind of stomach at the time maybe there is something there to it but at least for the couple of hours the few hours that i've played it just didn't grab me it just didn't really 
and there was a lot of stuff that just didn't really make sense and kind of make me feel like I should be committed and interested in the story at all which I think if you've given something a couple of hours a really really good game or even a you know a fairly okay game should at least be able to get its hooks in with you especially when it is a story driven game mm, yeah agreed that sounds yeah. so sad honestly mm, yeah oh. yeah i i played it for like i i haven't i watched you play it because it was it was okay for me to watch um i also got a key but i could not play it because um the game has motion blur that you can't turn off yeah plus that's with really that bad. Uh, that jerky camera that you mentioned um mm -hmm. is just a no-go for me personally and uh yeah it's it's I was low-key also excited because, uh, like you, I'm also a, a Lord of the Rings connoisseur and I enjoy the lore and the universe and everything. And um, I'm always down for more for more stories and, and games set in Middle-earth. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, I, I don't even get to like experience it. And clearly, it's not... I don't know. Do you think it's, like, the developer, like, overreaching? Or, like, I don't know, because it feels like... Or did they rush it too much? But then Datalik is not really because Datalik is it's, pu it's published by Datalik, right? Because it's mm. made by yeah, it's it's made by Narcon, but published by Datalik, right? That's if I recall yeah. that correctly. Let me just oh no no, it's developed by Datalik and then published by Datalik and Nacon. Actually, oh, uh, I have to correct that. Too. So so it is published by Datalik. So did Datalik just like because? The thing is, Datalik is mostly known for the Deponia games, which are point-and-click adventure games, which are 2D. So, mm. was this just too ambitious of a project for them overall that they then rushed to put out? I think, honestly, I think it is. Um, I, I, and there's a couple of little kind of clues that make me think that, uh, that it was released due to budget constraints more so than them going yeah this is you know we're ready to put this out and mm. th there's a couple of things that make me think that number one is the you know when they uh a while back and we talked about this on the podcast when they actually announced that they were going to be charging for the uh the elven voice acting as mm. a separate dlc i think that's an interesting aspect but now seeing the state of the main game i actually think that is them trying to get some more money back into the coffers because they are in not a great place financially um at least that mm. you know segment of the business uh, the other thing that makes me think that is just the incomplete and really unpolished nature of the game and the fact that there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that the developers, the publishers, all of the PR people would have known the state of the game that they were putting out and they would have known that it was going to get a negative reception, but they would have just gone, okay, yeah, but we cannot afford to hold it back and develop it further we need to put it out now even though it is going to be damaging to our reputation and to our brand um mm. which makes me think that um those those are the two big things that kind of stand out to me but yeah I, it's just really bizarre in a lot of senses as well because there is elements to it that i think I, I just don't understand what they were going for. Like, I don't even under, understand what they were trying to execute. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird one for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's still it's still it's got 
obviously obviously the reviews came out before the game came out mm -hmm. um so most people obviously didn't buy it it has only 245 reviews on steam and it sits on 35 percent positive so it's it's mostly negative um because i think a factor is also it's not just that um it it uh, has that dlc right the dlc cost it has the voice acting dlc it has the lore compendium mm. which is as as additional dlc as well and the lore companion is four pounds the sin that in voice acting is is quote unquote only two but the actual in-game tracker of lore and like the companion that gives you more information is locked behind a four pound so i guess like what five six dollar dlc which is bonkers yeah. to think That's, about that is not good and the and the the actual game because this is data lake it's not indie i would call them double a at this point because they are yeah. a big pretty big they're pretty big in the publishing game um as a developer i think i would probably still call them double a not triple a but the game is 43 pounds this is yeah. this is a 60 dollar game basically or 55 or whatever it is like in in local price it's it's crazy and, and yeah i don't know it's ha. <sighs> I would genuinely I love to be a fly on the wall to understand how this happened to be because yeah. I, you know, it, it, it's always so interested, interesting to me to see these projects that people literally spend years of their life working on. Um, mm. And they've like, and, and Lord of the Rings is such a involved and engaged um, fan base. And I don't think you come at a game like oh let's make a game about Gollum because I think if you're like out there and you're just like wanting to make a Lord of the Rings game with that IP and want to just make a bunch of money off it I don't think Gollum is the character that you choose it feels like mm. to me Gollum is the character that you choose if you're really like a hardcore fan and and actually passionate about the IP and I think oh man wouldn't that be cool if we got to see kind of you know Gollum's journey uh, after the after the Hobbit takes place like oh man that would mm. be pretty cool and then ending up to what we actually got served as a product going from that motivation of you know it feels like something that is genuinely passion driven to what was fundamentally like a bit disappointing i will say that i do think that some of the criticism um does feel like it's a little bit overblown it's definitely not a good game but i think some people definitely just the vibe i get is like just wanting to get on the hate bandwagon and mm. just you know have their two cents and I, I'm not a big fan of that personally. Um, yeah, which yeah. is all why I always try to balance, you know, good, you know, the good with the bad uh, where I can. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was, I wasn't probably going to stream it. I was going to try and check it out and like to form an opinion. But I, as I, as I said, I literally, unfortunately, couldn't, because um, like I started it and like immediately I was like, okay, no, there is this. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah um yeah it's it's disappointing because it is such a beloved ip for so many for me too and i i am always down for more lord of the Rings stuff i mean now we're getting more lord of the Rings stuff um mm -hmm. but like for probably a decade it was mostly quiet in, in lord of the rings because yeah you had lotro but that was kind of it like in the gaming space i mean for lord of the rings 
and and now with like Amazon taking over the IP, obviously they're they're gonna go with it, and we're getting new stuff. Um, I'm just hoping that the new stuff is uh, is better. I am I am I am still cautiously cautiously optimistic about this dwarven survival mining game that's coming out later this year, mm. and I hope it's good. I hope it's good. Please Fingers let crossed, it be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh god that couldn't be more up my alley to be honest so oh, i'm, yeah, I'm hopeful. right though oh yeah same i i just hope it's good please don't be oh just don't be bad okay just don't be bad just be fun and i don't know it doesn't even need to be like super duper heavy on the lore it just needs to look like the minds of moria and just have some some bits in there that you recognize and then i'm, I'm i'll be a happy camper <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah 100% agree. um yeah i was gonna make a stupid segue about like talking about camping but there isn't really any camping in above snakes but kiri how are you enjoying above snakes i like it it's really good um i i, I bought it because you were streaming it mm. um because it was a bit late to the whole hey content creators you want a key um i was too late to that so i actually bought it because i it seemed really good. And I played oh. the demo, I don't know, the last Next Fest, the, the one before that. Um, and it has such horrible camera and screenshot and everything. But then you told me they fixed that. Or mm -hmm. it gave us options. Yep. And and I like it. The story's a bit wonky. Mm. Like, <laughs> I don't know, if you start out and they just abandon you. Like, what, what's up with that? Yep, yep. <laughs> kind of strange, but then whatever. Um, the, the game definitely needs some quality of life settings but I had the developer in my stream and could already provide feedback and they said they're working on it and there's actually been an update already mm. doing some of that so I'm I'm happy like this is a really good game and and I they're, they're different biomes right so I'm not going to explain mm. too much about it because if you don't know the game then you just need to listen to the previous podcast episode yeah, yeah but, I already talked about it a bit, yeah. Exactly, but there are different biomes, and, you know, I love winter. So as soon as I realized there is a snow biome, I packed up my house. Actually, not quite. Mm -hmm. I, I just made a new house, and I moved to the snow biome, and now I live nice. there, and I can farm there. <laughs> and, of course, and the wells produce water. Like, n nothing's frozen. Yes, there's snow everywhere, but you can still do everything. I feel like mm. you shouldn't, but, but I don't yeah. care. Whatever. So my neighbors are penguins and polar bears and Arctic wolves. It's perfect. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think I complained about the farming on the episode on uh, that came out last week, uh, talking about both snakes. Um, farming has been revamped and buffed massively. It is no longer tedious. It is now it is now yeah. doable, which is nice. Um, you don't need to like spend bajillion hours just gathering water so you can water your farms and stuff like that. So they've definitely tweaked that. Um, yeah, the 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 story definitely doesn't sh like the game doesn't def definitely doesn't shine with its story or with its writing. <laughs> no, but it's a fun survival game. Um, I think it's a different setting that doesn't get to uh, that that they don't explore like it's a setting that doesn't get explored too many times especially like if you also bring zombies into the context so yeah no it's 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 interesting and it's a solo deft project as well so that's pretty impressive oh i didn't uh, know well. that i mean yeah like you can tell it, it does use blind's favorite asset pack <laughs> i never then, noticed these things <laughs> oh yeah it does it does okay. yeah if you look at the characters and stuff it's it's the low poly 
uh, wow. acid pack and other okay. things like that. And obviously, like the portraits are commissioned and stuff like that. But it comes to get like together as a career yeah. game, and it's 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 a good experience. I think it's very entertaining. Yeah. Yep, just... it's a good stream game. Yeah, yeah. What is, is the yeah. So I've only seen like snippets of this from lurking in both mm. of your streams. What is the setting exactly for those of us who aren't fully in? It's familiar? a survival. It's a it's an isometric survival crafting game inspired by the Wild West. It's not set in the Wild West. It's it's like inspired by the Wild West. Okay. Um, with zombies and there's a gotcha. story. Basically, meteors crash to the ground and people turn into zombies, and you're trying to figure out what the heck's going on while being abandoned by everybody. Yeah, 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 just, yeah. Hey, could you gather some mushrooms for me? Oh yeah, sure, I'll be right back. And then you find a letter, right? Oh yeah, so while you were gone, um, a wagon came by and collected all the survivors, so I'm gonna be gone now. Hey, thanks, bye. <laughs> yeah, they just, yeah your, fr your friend Joanne just what? abandons you. And, <laughs> and slight spoiler, never ever shows up ever again. Because I finished <laughs> what the game. Is, what is this? She just abandons you. This is hilarious. <laughs> but see, it's, it's great. Um, so be maybe, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kiri. No, no, no. You go first. I was gonna say. To be fair, she sounds like a terrible friend, and you're probably better off without mm. her. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But I think that ties in nicely with Solaster, which we can talk about now, because um, above snakes, the story in the dialogue is sometimes just as wonky as in Solaster, mm. but it doesn't take away from the game. I think it's just for some reason it's just plain funny. And I don't yeah. mind. I don't know. Mm. Some games do this really well, badly well, or I don't know how to say it. Other games, it's like, oh, come on. Can't you just fix it? But with those two games, I just think it's funny. Mm. Yeah. So, so I mean, what's, what's, what's with Celesta? Now, now I'm curious with the new DLC. What's, why, why in particular is like, is, is like Celesta coming up as an example here? Well, it's not like, just the new DLC, but Solasa as a whole, I mean, we've played it together, right? It's mm. just that the dialogue is so odd. Like, there's a super serious conversation, and then one one player character just says, okay. Like, <laughs> oh, I see what you mean now. Yeah, I gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wonky written dialogue that's mm. kind of immersion-breaking, but also to the point where it's just entertaining. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it now. I, I think yeah. I misunderstood it first. Okay. Yeah, no, that's true, that's true, that's true, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean that that is a, a a good point as well. Is that there is a new DLC out for Celesta, as kind of briefly touched on, which is the uh, the Ice Palace, and I know Kiri, you played it. I've played it, and uh, what are your thoughts, Kiri? What did you think of it? I liked it. It's if, if you enjoy Solasta, it's just more Solasta content. But mm -hmm. yeah, the dialogue is a bit wonky again, and the camera sometimes as well. Um, cause, <laughs> uh, so it's a, it's a high level campaign. You start with level 10 characters. You can either import save file from completing the base game and continue with those characters. You can create new ones and then level them up, which is going to take ages, or you can play pre-made characters, which is what I did because I was sponsored for it and they didn't want me to just spend two hours in character creation mm. sometimes. Um, so, uh, Palace of Ice, absolutely perfect for me. So you go to snow and ice and winter biome love it and i had a druid and druids can transform themselves into into other creatures so i made my druid uh, my druid um into a gorilla for a fight <laughs> and they can throw rocks 
So I throw a rock at an enemy and you get the super cool action cam because it was a nat 20, so I crit. Um, but the camera zoomed in and, and lowered itself on the level of the gorilla, uh, shot that rock, but there was actually, the, the gorilla was behind cover. So there was a wall there and you didn't see what you hit. It was just, <laughs> oh, look at this amazing hit that you're just doing and we're just facing a wall. Cool. <laughs> so... It's, oh, it's, it's wonky. It is wonky, but yeah. also it's it's kind of really cool, and it does the D and D thing well, and now it's fun. Yeah, nice. I think that reminds I think, me. Sorry, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead, FG. I was just gonna say it reminds me of the camera in Darkest Dungeon too, when sometimes you just come out of a cutscene and it's just black, and then you're like, "Oh crap! I think my game froze," and then you press W. And then you're actually, no, 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 you were, the camera was just inside a texture <laughs> from like when you're driving around, like cause certain biomes, everything like just goes so much into your field yeah. of view. And yeah, if yeah. you come out of a fight, the camera sometimes just spawns inside a texture and <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's like, oh yeah, cool, cool. Thanks for the heart attack game. Didn't need this this morning. Appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, that, that was just a, a funny interjection there. Tell, tell uh, go ahead, Drongo, what you were going to say. Well, I was just going to say that um, I think it also reminds me of the kill cams that you get in Bethesda games with like Fallout and with with Vats mm. and um, in in Skyrim and stuff like that. It, they they yeah. can be very very janky sometimes. I think the dramatic kill cam is such a almost ubiquitous idea to try and make a moment more impactful, but in execution i think it, it can be really hard to pull off but like kiri yep. i also think that uh for all of the things that kind of are a little bit disappointing in the in Celeste that it falls short of it is nothing that is game-breakingly bad that significantly reduces your ability to enjoy all of the things that it does right and mm. i think in a lot of aspects in particularly the combat and the system around it you know in representing like fifth edition dungeons and dragons it does that really competently so even though mm. um i do find myself finding the dialogue and sometimes the interactions between story elements and then having that tie together with the game world and then your own characters within the game doesn't always come together in a satisfying way as you would expect in maybe some other games or in you know an actual D session it does the stuff that it does well enough to be like oh oh Salasta, you you rascal you tried i can't be <laughs> mad at you sort of thing yeah yeah exactly that's what i mean yeah that's true that's definitely true agreed yeah i haven't played the new dlc yet but but i've played like previous dlcs in the, in the game and stuff like that so yeah definitely definitely agree with you on that one um i i already brought it up and you put it on your list uh so so give us your thoughts and um, and and impressions and all that sort of stuff uh of uh, darkest dungeon 2 drongo mm. yeah i mean i i've not been on an episode for a couple of weeks now but um yeah so i mean this is my first time to kind of share my thoughts with with you guys about um exactly, yeah. darkest dungeon 2 and i i think it's a great game like uh i i played maybe a few hours of the first one prior to darkest dungeon 2 coming out and now i'm about i think about 30 hours into darkest dungeon 2 and it has just been so unbelievably difficult <laughs> 
and and punishing and frustrating and demoralizing and humiliating <laughs> and i've loved every second of it it has just been so so satisfying and when you finally get things to come together and things go your way it feels that much sweeter because of all of those times where you have tripped and fallen down and had to dust yourself off it, it is just the most uh masochistic game i could imagine and i'm i'm there for it i mean i i do all kinds of things to myself in my gaming <laughs> to that just make yeah, things more yeah. miserable so it's like it's right up my alley so i'm yeah I, i've really enjoyed it nice sounds like you're playing it right yes yeah mm -hmm. definitely are you gonna try and complete it on stream or are you gonna just play it for yourself um i mean i've put about 20 or so hours into it on stream and i don't know if i want to keep playing it on stream because there's other things that i want to kind mm. of play and, and move my content forward with and also i know that it's not every everybody's cup of tea that mm. really super depressing grim dark aesthetic and you know sometimes what can be you know somewhat repetitive gameplay as well i don't think always makes for the best content um so there are there are other things that i'll move on to but i think that dark trying to complete darkest dungeon 2 in my own time is something that is going to make its way onto my gaming bucket list that i will uh i would like to Eventually try and do at some there. point yeah yeah nice. <laughs> one day awesome one day yeah i mean it's it took me it took me 20 hours to beat act one so oh boy got a long road ahead of me gotcha gotcha nice yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you're enjoying it so much. I I've I beat Act One like on my second try, but like okay. Act flex. Two just been <laughs> kicking my butt. Actually, it's not it's not the worst to do Act One over and over and over, or to do Act Two without trying to get to the boss, mm. because you need to push your characters and you need to unlock stuff and get candles, anyways. That is true. Um, yeah. So it's it's not the worst idea to do that. Um. I hmm, I have fallen out a little bit, I think, out of love with Darkest Dungeon a little bit. Darkest Dungeon 2, mm. a little bit. Mostly not because the game is bad, but I've kind of realized how much there is to unlock and how long it takes to unlock things. Yeah. And, and it feels a little bit like it's not quite respecting the player's time as well as it could. Like, I feel like some things just take way too long to unlock. Yeah, I, but, I, I can I understand know. your feelings on that. Yeah, there is a lot there. And I mean, like, I mean, 20 to 30 hours of game time, which is where I'm at with it, is definitely not an insignificant amount of time to mm. put into a title. I mean, like, if I stopped playing it now and I'd bought it at full price, I would be thinking around 20, 30 hours for an average game. I would be on the brink of being like, yeah, I've probably got my money's worth from that. I'm not going to be upset mm. if I never play this again. Um, and knowing that I've unlocked a fraction of the things and I've experienced maybe, like, 20% of the game content, I don't know if I feel, have, like, 
mixed feelings about that because yes you could make the argument that well you know there's just more content for you to experience and more hours that you can put in but at the same time like a lot of those hours are going to be experiencing the same content over and over and over again without actually introducing a lot of new stuff and it's just going to be grinding out those unlocks so i I, I understand where you're coming from with that i don't think Mm. i'm quite there myself in terms of the same feelings but i can understand where you're coming from Mm. i i think i think it's kind of driven because i've uh very recently played both on stream and off stream like story games that were done in less than 20 hours and it was Mm. a really fulfilling journey for for that and and on stream as well like above snakes i it took me about 20 hours to finish it to finish the story um and uh yeah 19.7 hours and i've gotten all but three achievements so and and i played through so i i think i think that's where i'm coming from um just from from a position of having like just finished a whole bunch of games in the time where in darkest dungeon 2 i i have not felt i've made too much progress because I've just been unlocking things. Yeah. With candles. So, yeah. I don't know. That, sorry, my voice. Mm-hmm. That doesn't feel like progress to you? That you unlock things? See, normally it does. Because I normally I love roguelites. But for some reason, in, in Darkest Dungeon 2, I feel like a lot of the unlocks don't have a heavy impact. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you spent so, so, so many candles on having to unlock, like, all the trinkets and all of the different items that you can then buy. And a lot of the items that you can buy and trinkets that you get, I'll never use. But I have to unlock them because they block everything else. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And and that, I don't know. I understand it, yeah. hmm. Yeah. I think I do agree with that point, though, that there is a lot of... It feels like you're... Unless you're playing with, like, a really, really nuanced understanding of the game and you know exactly what your builds are going to be and, you know, exactly what you're targeting all the time, it it very rarely feels like a moment of being like, oh, I've unlocked something. Yes, that's going to be amazing for our next run. Mm. Like that that feeling of, like, okay, awesome, I've actually unlocked something that's going to be pretty impactful is pretty rare um at least for me but that might also be me just being naive and not really understanding the impact of some of the stuff which i don't know like i have a lot of thoughts uh about the way that the game teaches you i think the overall tutorial for darkest dungeon 2 for somebody who is new to the games and really doesn't know too much about them i think it's terrible the tutorial is absolutely awful and it does a really bad job and the ui is very bad at kind of being intuitive and and helping a new player understand what's going on and how to navigate things and how to do things and it Mm. it it definitely subscribes to that idea of we're going to make this game really hard for you not just in the aspect of gameplay but make it really hard for you to learn and make it really hard for you to navigate and it's going to be miserable but yeah i don't know it, it mm. once you get past that initial learning curve it is it is a lot better but mm. even then um yeah yeah to be fair I, I feel like i also have to say i don't think by any means that darkest dungeon 2 is a bad game um no it's just when it came out i was like super excited and i was really in love with the roguelite idea but i feel like they, they took the grind just a a tiny step too far um because there is so much that you have to do. If you want to do like all the characters, like do all the hero shrines for all the characters, 
and all that sort of stuff it it takes a long time like a long 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 time to unlock all the things so yeah that's um that's basically the reason if anybody was wondering i don't know why i've dropped streaming it as well because it's just so much grind and doing the same thing over and over and over again and yeah and other games came along as well but uh it's still fun and i i think if maybe darkest dungeon one wasn't quite your deal maybe darkest dungeon two is mm -hmm. because of the different progression so if you like the grind which normally I do. I, I don't know what it is about Darkest Dungeon 2. Maybe, maybe, maybe I prefer the old unlock system in it. But there was a lot less to unlock, so maybe I also don't. I don't know. It's, 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 it's hard. I can't quite put my finger on it, what it is. But I know there's something where... Because I was, I was thinking of putting it into my you know, hypothetical game of the year list, but... Um, I've since then removed it because there's just something that I can't put my finger on where I'm like, meh, I don't actually have the urge that much to go back to this for some reason. But I can't, I can't, I can't quite verbalize what it is. Very odd. Um, okay, I, that's, that's all of y'all's games. I, I played a game too, I played a different game. I mean, I also played Above Snakes, as I said, I finished it, but I'm not going to talk about it again because... Um, Kiri did and I did last week as well. Um, I checked out uh, the new update for Timberborn. Mm. Um, I saw yeah, you that. that. Yeah, so if you if you don't know what Timberborn is, Timberborn is basically a uh, the humans are gone, beavers have become sentient, and you build a colony and they call it like um like what, beaver punk, because a lot of the stuff is like everything is wood. So everything's made out of wood, everything is wood driven um like the water wheels in the industry and all that sort of stuff there's also metal but it's plays kind of a, a minor role most important is wood and whatnot and um i don't know how long it's been since y'all played but um uh one of the frustra most frustrating things in timberborn was always districts where oh, yeah. you you had a district building you can only like your beavers could only walk so far along certain paths to um to uh to to get stuff done and then you would need another district building and then you would have to trade between the districts and it would just get really messy with the inventory and stuff like that well yeah. you don't long you, you no longer have to districts are now unlimited in range so oh, that's great. it's gonna take forever for your beaver to walk to the other side of the map but they'll do it and it's so nice <laughs> it's so nice Oh God, I'm so happy that you do, you can, can still do districts, and if you want to have an optimized settlement, you should have them, but you don't have to, and you don't have to bother setting them up if you're just trying to like, I don't know, uh, dam up a tiny little area on the other side of the map. Which sometimes in this game you do want to, depending on the map, because you have to, um, you know, make sure that the water doesn't flow out of like, you know, a, ch a chasm on like on the other side of the map, basically, because you want to dam it up. Um, they've improved FPS massively, which is probably why they were uh, able to do away with um, uh, districts. Like it runs beautifully at like 1440p max settings, 60 FPS. It's it, it just runs. It looks gorgeous. Um, the other big update that they did was um, they've completely revamped how the food for the second faction works for the Iron Teeth. So. Um, there's there's two different factions that you can play. They're called Folktales and Iron Teeth. 
folk tales are a little bit more for naturey and they're closer to like nature and and doing things with nature whereas the um iron teeth are a little bit more like on the industrial side and whatnot and they do they have a bit more access to like um industrial buildings and whatnot and like furnaces and whatnot and um so the folk uh, the folk tales can do underwater farming whereas the iron teeth no longer can instead in them for them you have to ferment food now which needs um uh energy basically so so power so you have to like produce uh power to do that and um yeah no it's it's good like it's it's moving steadily on they've made the factions feel more feel give different feels so they've improved on like um definitely like the content like the factions before they felt really similar um despite the fact like it's it's different how you grow the factions in terms of like population because one needs houses to grow the other needs like tanks basically because all the babies for the iron teeth are vat grown um they've definitely still moved them further apart in their place now which is nice because options are always good and um no it's good like it's 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 moving in a good direction um i only did like two two streams of it two shorter streams of it um because it's still timberborn i've done all the things in it that you can do like build like the monuments and stuff like that i'm excited to see you um I'm, I'm excitedly waiting for the game to be like finished finished um but it's good no timberborn is always good um it's currently like um on 20 percent off sale as well if you've been thinking about picking it up um right now is a good point because it is on massive dis discount um but uh, yeah, it's it's still Timberborn. It's moving in a good direction, and I'm excited to see where it ends up in the future. <laughs> that sounds good. Nice yeah, changes. no, it's yeah, good changes um, definitely. Yeah, like, they, they they listen to feedback and stuff like that because I know most people that played the game were like, I really like this, but screw districts, they suck. And, they did, yes. Yeah, it was so it's, frustrating. Yeah, it really was. So it's good that they're listening to that and taking player feedback seriously and all that sort of stuff it's it's cool i like it i like it i'm excited to see where it goes from uh from here though so i it going looking at how long it's taken i think we're not going to see finished timberborn for another couple of years at least at this point mm. depending on how much they want to add but like i mean it's been like out since 2021 i want to say right maybe it's been a while yeah yeah so i feel um, like I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It feels like Timberborn is one of those games where if they really wanted to, they could have stopped a while ago. Like it would have been, I think, in a, at a point where I was like, you know, this is a functional, enjoyable game that can be enough for people. But it feels like they're just, yeah. you know, continuing to polish and continuing to refine. And I personally don't have a problem with that because it's a, you know, it's already in a really fun and playable state. At least it was last time I played it. And from what it you're is, saying, it it's super only playable. Yeah. yeah. 100% like there's no crashes or anything like that mm -hmm. um I I still think stuff takes a little bit too long in it like I, mm -hmm. I find myself but maybe maybe that is also on me maybe I just have to sit down and like crank up my production more but then you can't do that because you're lacking the beavers um I feel like certain buildings just like the resource the amount of resources it takes to make them just is like insane um, but then I also don't like to play on 3x speed when I'm streaming it because it's like super like the the animations are then super duper fast and that's not very nice to look at. Um, I feel like that can still be tweaked a little bit like resource costs for certain things and research costs for certain things like like 
I did this yesterday again. Like you, you can't really get like with the iron teeth because they changed how um, uh, the the science point generation building. So you can only have the inventor, or you need to save up fifteen hundred science points to get the really good inventor for them. And fifteen hundred science points, even if you have two or three inventors going, is going to take forever. And um, I was trying to to terraform some stuff and get dynamite going, but you have to unlock the dynamite factory first for 600 science points to make dynamite but then to use the dynamite you have to spend another 400 science points and uh, i don't know like waiting for, like there's a lot of waiting around in timberborn which is not the worst if you've got a stable colony like you're not in danger but you also have nothing else to do which is why i think i got a little bit bored like at the end which is mm. why i then switched like or or stopped playing but um, it is a good game and you can do some, I really like the vertical building in it. Like you can do some really cool things with it. Yeah, sure. I really like the building system in it. It adds a lot of uh, freedom in the customization. Yeah, yeah. Very creative um, system as well, like for building. Like you can do so much with it and make very unique looking uh, towns, which is cool. All right. Um, that's that's all the games that we've been playing this week so uh i guess it's time for another short break and then we're back with the news and we actually have some stuff to talk about this time so stick around and i'll we'll see you shortly We are back with episode 72 of the Halcyon Frequency podcast. You have made it all the way to the news section. And first up, we've got Kiri with some Diablo 4 news. Yes. Let's go. All right. So, well, by now, Diablo 4 Early Access has started. But uh, this is actually only for the, the actual release. So starting on, on the 6th then. Um, the first 1,000 people who reach level 100 with a hardcore character in Diablo 4 um, and submit proof will have their usernames immortalized on a statue of Lilith, which I think is really, really cool. That is awesome. Uh, that is really cool. Are you going to try for it? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> because I'm not going to no-life this because I need my sleep and it starts mm. at 1 a.m. Well, actually... Oh, I've only looked at the early access release time, but I would assume that the just normal release time is also in the middle of the night for me, and I can't do that. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. But also, um, it's a new Diablo game, and we don't know how the servers are going to hold up, and mm. Uh, mm. hardcore in a game like this with open world, and uh, no, absolutely not. That's just mm. That's just asking for trouble. I think it's a, it's a really cool thing, and I will definitely play hardcore at some point, but not right at the start. Mm, okay. Is there any like indication that you have, like, or estimation of like how many hours it would take to reach level one hundred? Like, no, just for honestly, scale for me as a non Diabloer. So with the with the beaters. There were two where you could make it to level 25, and then the last one was till level 20, and I think I reached level 20 in four hours. Right, okay. But I I would assume it just takes a bit longer then as you level up and reach yeah. higher levels. I have mm. no clue. I can't say. What is so, the level cap for Diablo 4? It is 100. Yeah, so ah, basically okay, reach max level in hardcore. Gotcha. Which is 
It's, it's going to take a while, right? But also mm. Diablo 4 is a bit more, it's a bit tougher than the previous one. Um, in, in a dungeon, for example, uh, the butcher can randomly spawn. And the butcher is, uh, is, is a classic Diablo uh, boss from previous games. But also it's so hardcore. It's, it's just, it runs after you. It has massive amounts of health and uh, you're probably going to die. So you can mm. die, you can run away. If you face it, good luck. With a hardcore mm-hmm. character, I, I would definitely just run. Mm. But it's a, it's a random spawn. So, you, you know, you don't know if you go into this dungeon, it's going to happen. It's just, it might happen in any dungeon. So be careful. But you have to go into dungeons to get the really good stats, radio aspects as they're mm. called for your weapons. So that makes hardcore even more dangerous. Mm. Then you have random events spawning as well, although you see events on the minimap and you can just dodge them if you'd like. And I would definitely not recommend doing a world boss on hardcore if you've not seen the boss before, because the bosses are like MMO bosses, which is really cool. But with a hardcore character, you know, you, you die, you're dead. Yeah, of course, of course. So yeah. First, I want to learn the game. And then maybe for the, I don't know, maybe not the first, but maybe for the second season, I'm going to play in hardcore. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, learn and enjoy it as well. Like as a casual player, just enjoying like the atmosphere and the story, I guess. And like, exactly. being back yeah. uh, in in the world of Diablo. Nice. Cool. That makes awesome. sense. I think that's a great yeah. thing, though. Like I love when games, um, you know, incorporate like community achievements into the actual game itself. Like I think that's mm. just a, a really nice yeah. like acknowledgement. And um, yeah, I, I really am into those ideas. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Talking about incorporating things that go beyond like what the actual idea of the game is. Uh, there were there is a GeoGuessr World Cup that's been announced. Tell me more, Drongo. Mm, so they've announced a uh, the first ever like official GeoGuessr held World Cup to be held in Stockholm in October this year. And it is worth noting that there have been other organized like GeoGuessr tournaments and stuff like that. But this is the first time that GeoGuessr is, you know, formally having their own sort of, um, you know, set up. It is a closed qualification and it is, it does appear to be like invite only. So only people that are, you know, really high ranked and really mm. well known in the community are going to be chosen. And also people who are from, you know, different countries as well. Um, uh, and there may be a few, a few different people from the same country going, but it is, it is quite limited in scope and it's not an event that people will be able to attend in person uh, either, which mm. is a, a little bit of a shame, but I guess it's the first time and kind of a proof of concept. I guess they want to kind of suss out the interest and the expense and, you know, all that kind of thing. So I think it's probably better off that they start small. Um, mm. I would personally love to see in the future that they open it up for qualifications and actually allow people to tr- try and, you know, get in there and, and qualify. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, personally, for somebody like myself who has played a lot of GeoGuessr and a lot of, like, competitive GeoGuessr, both competitive against other people and myself... I would low-key, like, if they had an open qualification for a World Cup, I would definitely, like, try. Um, mm. 
Yeah. Uh, even Same. though it's not yeah. like my main bag, but it, it, I think it would be a lot of fun. They, they have a, a $50,000 prize pool at the moment, which is not, not insignificant. Bad. So, um, yeah, hopefully it's a success and it, it grows from here. And, and hopefully, you know, maybe next year we see like some open qualification formats and the event continue to grow from there. That would be That'd great. Be cool. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I guess would love to. Oh. Yeah, I, I would love to see Drunk do that. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's because uh, it's 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 really fascinating um, how people do it and like the meta that has involved mm. in the competitive circles. Like, I know some people are like, uh, there's like different categories, and some people are like, okay, yeah, you, you know, don't look at the camera because from like certain people can just tell from the camera from the picture quality and like what you see on the picture which mm -hmm. country it has to be because there are certain countries where they had like defective lenses or special lenses and you can yep. tell immediately that it's like that country and whatnot and it's just that the meta is fascinating the geoguessa meta around everything is just absolutely fascinating <laughs> yeah it, it goes really deep like in Japan, you know, if your camera is lower than you would normally expect it to be, that's because in Japan, like, they mandate that the Google camera cannot be above a certain height, which in other countries is standardized. So you can usually almost go, all right, this is definitely Japan because I can see that the camera is lower um, or that, you know, there's a snorkel on the front of the car. So that probably means that we're in, uh, you know, northern Kenya because that was the vehicle they used. Or maybe there's a chase vehicle behind um, and there's like two different chase vehicles that they used in Africa. One of them has a map on the dashboard when they were mapping that segment. The other one doesn't. So you can work out that you're in a certain part of the country as opposed to the other. And it just goes really, Wild. really that deep. Is it is incredibly yeah, it is, complex. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's really awesome. cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see this. I hope they stream this somewhere or like they've got to they've got I would to love to watch it yeah there's there's no way they don't have a like a, a big in-person event like that and not broadcast it i've got to imagine Hopefully, they're gonna yeah. do some big promotion on on twitch or something like that mm. for it like that's the only way it makes sense but the timing is going to be quite yeah. tricky because i think there's going to be a, quite a lot of stuff happening in mid-october when this is going to be held so who knows Oh, is this maybe is this during TwitchCon? No, it's uh, I think it's the week oh, before. before. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Oh yeah, October thirteenth and fourteenth for those who are interested. Okay, that's that's doable then. That's nice. Awesome. Yeah. Um, the next bit of news is like something that I put in, which is um sort of a a state of the release of the game Mountain Core, formerly known as King Under the Mountain. Uh, we've talked about this whole situation on this podcast before where this game was um it is a dwarven colony management game quite akin to dwarf fortress and rimworld and um but like it was kickstarted under the name king under the mountain um it then uh was released in early access found a publisher um I think it was at least released in early access because you could buy it. Yeah, so no, it was 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 yeah. purchasable. So it was early access. Then found a found a develop uh, a publisher, which then uh, dropped the game last year. The game became no longer purchasable. Renamed itself to Mountain Core. Became self published again and came out again in early early access. 
and um yeah it's a mess of a situation um we've talked about this on this podcast before as to why we speculate that the, the publisher dropped them um i i'm still personally of the opinion that it was probably because dwarf fortress came out on steam with graphics <laughs> because i don't know did you play it as mountain court carry i know you did drongo right mm, i did yeah, for like did. a stream or less <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah. because um so I, I backed this game back in the day on kickstarter but now having obviously like also dove in, into dwarf fortress when that came out with graphics it's it, it is it is it is just a lesser dwarf fortress that that's mm. the problem like it it and that's i think why the publisher dropped it because it is trying to it was trying to fill a void that existed of a dwarven colony management with graphics on steam but then dwarf fortress came out on steam with graphics and that that uh that niche doesn't exist anymore and it's just it's just in all aspects it's just not necessarily worse but also not better than dwarf fortress mm -hmm. So there is no no need for it because you can do much less than Dwarf Fortress because it doesn't have Z levels. It's all one flat plane like in RimWorld. But that's not what this this post is about. This post is sort of a postmortem of the Mountain Core release, and mm. um, um, the developer is quite um, open about it and um, have has talked about it. Basically, right now the game. Now sits at mostly positive, um, all reviews. So this this article has helped because at the time it was sitting on mixed. So uh, now it's on mostly positive, but only from forty five reviews, which uh, reflects what uh, the developer also talked about that there were that the game has released again to very poor sales. And like 45 reviews means there was like usually about 10-ish percent of people review a game. So mm. let's say it sold 400, 500 copies, which, you know, after Steam was cut and everything is, is not a lot of money. So um, uh, apparently they had to go, like basically let go of the small full-time development that they had hired for the game because it was single dev first and they hired people um, while under the publisher and now they have to let them go. It is now uh, back to being a more of a hobby thing for the developer rather than their job. Um, they do have a, a roadmap that they've apparently updated, which sort of has more like stretch goals now, which is yeah, they, they go a little bit further than what, um, I don't know, like, there's like things that are planned and then there is like extra bits, but, but reading through the roadmap, it is, it is, it is all stuff that Dwarf Fortress already does, like steel and alloys, trade goods, food supplies, healthcare, prestige progression, kingdom progression, dungeon exploration like it's it's it is all stuff that dwarf fortress already does and it doesn't and have dwarf... anything that makes it unique no it doesn't oh. yeah i think that was kind of when i played it um 
the thing that kind of stood out to me that it doesn't really feel like it has a clear vision and identity that makes it stand apart, which I think is mm. definitely reflected in the overall interest of the game because I don't think the you know like look if you just went to the store page and looked at it i don't think the artwork or the game you know the actual game aesthetic is going to blow you away and i think when you look at what it does more in depth you're like well you know could i you know is this actually worth it and the price point is actually kind of high i think as Mm. well for what it actually is which is an early access um kind of colony management game which there is just a lot of um a lot of competition for like uh at the moment i think it's about 36 dollars um 36 australian dollars and when you compare that to games like uh room world uh room world is only you know maybe ten dollars more and I would say has much more content, is much more polished. It's no longer an early access game. It then has DLCs and a modding community and stuff that kind of all act as, as value adds. Mm. And then to talk about kind of what you were saying in, in the comparisons to to Dwarf Fortress. I mean, even Dwarf Fortress is um, how much? How much is that off the top of my head? Uh, like Dwarf Fortress in pounds is only five pounds more. The Steam version. Yeah, and it, I mean you can. M- get the non-steam version for free it, yeah exactly right? yeah <laughs> like it, it is it is a really tough sale i think when you have something that doesn't really make a concerted effort to be different and have its own real authoritative different stance on what it wants to be when you're directly competing against these other really established games like mm. dwarf fortress like rimworld um and you're still pricing yourself at the same point as them. Like, I think it would be, it, there would be a lot more interest and a lot more sales if it was maybe priced at half of what it is. Maybe that is something that would happen in the future now that it's no longer like, uh, you know, trying to employ a team of people to actually produce it. But mm. I think it's uh, definitely a, a really stiff and tough competition to put themselves into. Yeah, I, I don't. It doesn't feel like right now is the is a good, like five years ago. I think this would have been much more successful mm-hmm. than in current in the current climate. There's so much competition now in the like the city yeah. builder survival genre. Like it's had a real renaissance in the last you know last couple of years. Mm, there's a lot of games coming out that that took their inspiration from RimWorld and or Dwarf Fortress and yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like uh, making an early access product in that in that environment, if you don't have something that's completely new that hooks people in, it, it's kind of almost futile to attempt to, like, establish yourself. Like, it's not like it can't be done, but he, he, the competition is just so crazy. So you need something new to just hook people in some way. And, and this game unfortunately doesn't really have it which kind of sucks because it's never nice to see a product like or a, a game idea that you were excited about fail but i don't i don't think this is going to i have a feeling this this game is not going to finish this is not going to get developed all the way to the end i feel this this is one of those projects that's going to get dropped sooner rather than later yeah and i and it's I, just and not I, sustainable 
I, I do agree as well that I think it's a shame because it's not as if it's a bad game or it's a you know a bad product it's not as if you know it hasn't been competently made like I think you know when I played it I you know didn't walk away feeling like any you know negative feelings about it like oh man you know there's it was really buggy it was a mess these systems don't make sense whatever um you know it, it just didn't it just didn't have enough to make it different it's not as mm. if it's bad so yeah yeah it's yeah. a shame it's, it is yeah but yeah yeah we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on the situation i mean we'll we'll obviously probably talk about this game in the future again um, yeah who knows we might actually be you know eating humble pie in a in a couple of years time if, when it takes off i mean that'd be great <laughs> i i would i would be okay with being wrong about this yeah, to be quite 100%. honest <laughs> right <Same. laughs> um all right next up we have lots of news um next up on the docket is uh i don't even know how to pronounce it because I only know of this this site in passing, so I don't know if it's Glimish, Glimish, Glimish. I don't know. Um, Glimish TV, which is a streaming website, so a competitor to Twitch, which was uh, which was released as a result of um, all of the horrible things that came out in 2020 about you know other streamers and Twitch switch stuff and and all of that stuff when when all of that was um kind of you know talked about in public and uh, a lot of streamers uh were called out but also twitch certain twitch staff were called out on their horrible um behavior and how they've abused their power and and the uh just horrible things that some of these people have done be it like sexual abuse uh, uh harassment um just all of those things um 2020 the summer was there was a there was a lot of things that happened that uh that got like sort of revealed and this this was like a site that was made as a response to try and basically do better and and put like um creators first and 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 treat them with respect and make sure that those kind of behaviors didn't have any um place on their website and whatnot and um basically with a, this huge preamble this site is, sh is shutting down to uh, at the end of july um or july and july they're shutting down first of july they're shutting down so they're going to be live for one more month um people can subscribe to their creators over there so it, it is it is basically like twitch is a com direct competitor but it's just not feasible because twitch is just so big it it's just it wasn't feasible um because like i i, I, I put this in here and like both kiri and drongo were like i don't even know this site i, I haven't even heard of, heard of it, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah that that basically already that that tells you why it's shutting down um it, it's sad to see another competitor go because competition is good. Um, still sucks that Mixer is gone because Mixer was so good for for just competition with Twitch. But yeah, um, yeah, they're they're basically shutting down because it's just too expensive to run servers. Because servers, encoding servers, transcoding servers, they're just expensive to run, and then data storage as well, and all that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, there's a there's another com competitor gone <laughs> it's, hmm. I don't know, I'm, it's, I'm it's, on their website right now and mm. unless i'm misunderstanding the website there is only about eight channels live on there at the moment 
two yeah, in that, gaming. That sounds about right. Yeah, it's oh, like yeah. that is yeah. That's it's very rough. small. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they they didn't really they didn't it re- didn't it really did not take off. It really 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 didn't take off. And they're it, uh, yes. Did any of them take off? Because I remember there were quite quite a handful of these website trying to make like a Twitch competitor. Another streaming no. platform. But Not I haven't really, heard no. of any of them like in ever since they announced they're gonna do something. I don't know. No. Not really. Mm. No. Except for the, you know, where all the gamblers are going. <laughs> yeah, <good thing>. yeah. <laughs> Except that one. But none of the others have really taken off. It's Twitch is just so they just yeah. They're just so giant in the streaming space, which is um, yeah. Comp- competition is good. We need we need a competitor mm. that's actually like able to compete properly. And uh, no, n- none of them have, as far as I know. So uh, I don't know. I guess we'll wait for the next site to pop up eventually. Maybe, probably not though. <laughs> or for YouTube to just I don't know get good. But yeah, be more. I don't know. Yeah. yeah Valid, sure. I suppose, for live streaming. Because right now yeah. you go to YouTube for recorded content, but you can live mm. stream. And I know people who do that. Yeah. But viewers don't go there for live stream, like for watching live streams. It's just such a mess to try and navigate the, the live streaming side of things. That's what puts me off, just nav- trying to navigate and find streams to watch. It's just mm. pain in the behind. Also, I don't like YouTube chat. I don't like that chat. Yeah, like it. it definitely has a, a way to go. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I've now visited all of the streams on Glimash currently live, <laughs> and the one that yeah. has the most viewers is six mm, on yeah, the whole the, platform, the which is... Oof, uh, I'm honestly, yeah. with looking at that, like the, that little brief snapshot, I'm amazed they lasted that long. Like, honestly, mm. that is remarkable. <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. But, um, yeah, Definitely. I, I agree. I think it's a shame. More competition is more good in the streaming space. And, um, you know, hopefully we see some, you know, more pressure to, you know, keep Twitch honest and um, pushing them forward. And Although I will say that I think Twitch has made some good changes lately. I think they've been moving things in a reasonably good direction. Mm. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully keep up with things. Yeah. Um, all right. Who wants to take this last one? Because it's just, no. it's just so headache-inducing. Uh, um, I can start so, it. Yeah. Okay. You do it. Then. Right. <laughs> Thank so, you. Bobby Kotick. You've probably heard about him. Um, Activision Blizzard CEO has now claimed in a recent interview that the the sexism harassment problems. Um, they, they were not real. I don't know. So he said there's no um, that the issue was actually the aggressive labor movement. Yeah, no, no systemic um, harassment issue at the company. It, it, I don't know why he says that. He also claims that they've done everything, like I, I don't know, every test or every investigation possible, and I don't know. He doesn't have a problem with unions, but only with unions who don't 
play by the rules and he claims that that is what happened and now everything's just wrong. It is, ah. He's such an idiot. Why, why do you even open your mouth? Idiot. Seriously. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah, it's just... Just, just no. It's like, perpetrator says, we did nothing wrong. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't believe there's, you. <laughs> there's proof. I mean, like, what, what do you, yeah. what do you want? Nobody's gonna believe you now. Yeah, but, oh god, he's, oh god. Can also, we just get rid of him, please? Like, honestly, he reminds me, the, the whole strategy and rhetoric reminds me very much of what Trump does. Mm, because, yeah. um... I lost my train of thought. What do you say now? Oh, gosh, shoot. No, I forgot. Do you mean the whole, I am part of a union as well, and I like union, blah, blah, blah. Is, is that what you mean? Or Kind of, like... kind of that, yeah. Oh, it was in the article. But I... <laughs> Damn it. Oh, you'll, you'll, you'll think of it again. Maybe, maybe. But basically, yeah. it is it is not very believable what he says, because no. the, there is proof there are <laughs> witnesses who have you know confirmed what happened. The the it's like why? Oh yeah, yeah he's uh, just remember to put up fake he says news. Yeah. it it can't have been true because he is still there. He's still a CEO, right? <laughs> yeah. that, that is that is the claim. Yeah, like really. Really? Yeah. That, that is why. Oh, he's God. I I I've had to kind of like bite my tongue here for a minute just to kind of collate my thoughts in like a, a more kind of polite way. But he's just an absolute <laughs> slime ball. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it drives mm. me wild when these you know multi-millionaire CEOs that have so much power and. Uh, control over their employees and their livelihoods and stuff like that get into these like situations and then they just try and gaslight everybody and be like well no this is not how this happened at all despite the fact that you know we've got multiple co uh, corroborations on you know first hand and second hand witnesses you know documents and internal filings about meetings and stuff that have been leaked about the fact that they have literally settled lawsuits sexual mm -hmm. uh harassment lawsuits which they would never have done if there was like you know they were vehemently like no there's no way this ever happened um it is it just it drives me absolutely nuts absolutely mm -hmm. nuts and it, it is oh man i just cannot stand him like he's just probably yeah. a, a great figurehead he's the a great figurehead for everything that is wrong in corporate america like he's just oh mm -hmm. just the worst it is yeah i won't say anymore <laughs> <laughs> i i yeah, just that sums it up though yeah if if the merger goes through that he's just that he just kicks that, that he's just kicked out like i hope so kick him out like honestly like oh god but it doesn't look I, too too good on the merger now does it the uk is still blocking it i think right like that's still the thing so i think this I they're know. looking at maybe taking it taking alternate avenues to make sure it happens but um yeah it's definitely at this stage it's hit a roadblock mm. Mm. for now yeah nah, we'll he, he needs to go like yeah he really yeah. needs to go indeed but uh i think we also 
really need to go because it's already a long one again because <laughs> there was just so much news uh this this week so to talk about and uh we could we could probably fill another hour talking about the scumbag that bobby kotick is but we don't you know what we're gonna save ourselves and you that talk <laughs> so we don't end this on an angry we're, we're note we're all gonna think it but yeah yeah exactly exactly thank you so much uh kiri and drongo for joining me on this here episode drongo where can people find you on the internet thank you for having me fg uh if you want to find me you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash bloody drongo all one word um and if you want to find me on twitter you can find me there under the handle at the bloody drongo perfect and kiri where can people find you you can find me super easily on 2dkiri.com all my socials are linked there wonderful and uh i've been fg fg squared your host for this episode if you want to look me up you can find me at fg squared or one word as well dot tv that's not fg squared all one word dot tv it's fg squared dot tv just uh to make that clear <laughs> and uh, yeah this was episode 72 of the halcyon frequency podcast this is Housing Frequency signing off. Don't change that dial. We'll see you again all next week. <laughs>